following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to another episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Hey everyone, it's Lord GTZ here. And later in the show, you will be hearing Jarrell and Duelist, and more of myself. But we decided to throw in an extra news segment in this episode, because doggone it, Toonami, stop announcing things less than two weeks before air. They gotta keep us on our toes. It's, it's just their uh, natural style. Yeah, 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 it is. But, you see, I've I've become accustomed to this. Honestly, I'm, I'm prepared for these things to occur because I purposefully leave in room for a new segment. Yes, good planning on my part. Always prepared, Sketch. <laughs> gotta stay on your toes. So, we have the Toonami schedule for October 12th. That is next week. And it is as follows. At 11pm, Dragon Ball Super reruns at 11.30. What punch? Man Season 2 premieres. At midnight, Dr. Stone stays cemented. So is is you know it, I'm doing bad here. Stay I should I should just stays. <laughs> it stays where it was at twelve thirty. Also staying where it was. Fire Force and at one a.m. staying where it has been. Food Wars. So at one thirty we have the premiere of Demon Slayer. At 2, Black Clover. At 2.30, Boruto. At 3, Naruto Shippuden. Staying at 3.30 is Lupin the Third. And at 4, we have a rerun of My Hero Academia. Okay. Well, I gotta admit, when I woke up and saw this schedule, I was a bit perplexed. And uh, the main thing there is, yeah, none of us want to see Dragon Ball Super rerunning. <laughs> it's, that's, uh, bleh. But, yeah. I no. I mean, I, I love having Food Wars earlier in the block, but ahead of Demon Slayer? I don't, I don't get it. And as our resident Demon Slayer guy, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, like, it doesn't really bother me, but at the same time, I am kind of surprised that Food Wars is above it. Though maybe Food Wars is just doing really well, so they don't really want to move it, so it kind of just makes sense to put Demon Slayer below it. And hey, if Demon Slayer does really well, they can always move it up, I guess. That's true. I don't know, they seem fairly intent on keeping Dr. Stone, Fire Force, and Food Wars all in the order that they have been. 
right where they have been, which shows they seem to be working where they yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, I guess in Food Wars' case, too, it's a pretty long show if they're going to continue past, like, season one. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, it makes sense to just keep it in that slot since it's going to be there technically longer than Demon Slayer anyways. Yeah, but on that thought, it would make more sense to put it after Demon Slayer and lump it in with all the other shows that are not going anywhere anytime soon. Hmm, that that is also a fair point. Uh, On the other hand, (laughs) we're about to mention how one of those shows will be leaving very soon. (laughs) Yup. More on that later. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Other people have thought that maybe because it's so violent that they put it later but i don't i don't think that's the reason i've also seen people theorize that because dr stone and fire force are weeks from the japanese airing and demon slayer is two seasons behind and technically so is one punch man so i don't know i don't i don't think that's really the factor there I would have to guess that One Punch is getting 11.30 because, well, it used to be the second show on the block and it did really well. So, that's a proven commodity, though some might argue that uh, Season 2 is not proven yet, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the animation changes in Season 2 aren't going to affect it too much because the people who are probably watching in Season 1 are probably more of, like, the casual audience that isn't really actively seeking it out. So they'll be happy with whatever they get One Punch Man related. I mean, it's airing after Dragon Ball Super. You don't really expect people to care that much about animation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of uh, Dragon Ball Super, I heard, uh, I think, today that apparently the reruns are starting at episode 128. Yes, that is what the schedule is showing, which, hmm, interesting, four episodes. You know what else has four episodes left? My Hero Academia. Hmm. The plot thickens. So if if that pans out, and I don't want to give y'all too much hope, because honestly, I was really hoping that My Hero Academia was just going to bump off super on October 12th, though maybe that was a little overly ambitious. Even yeah. so, this this does seem like it could happen, and the alignment is a little too good for it not to happen. It'll be... Hmm. We shall see. But yeah, that would I... happen on uh, November 10th? Would be when that switch might happen. November... Uh, technically the 9th. So, yeah. November 9th, maybe. Hmm. That comes at a pretty good gap from the simulcast, then. Because, like, usually what Funimation does anyways with the same-day simul dub for MHA is that it ends up getting eventually delayed yeah. by two weeks because they the production over at Bones ends up, like, getting closer and closer to the deadline. So doing the dub same day becomes less viable. Yeah, the buffer is probably a good thing to have. 
Yet, surprisingly, Fire Force will only be one episode behind. That's, uh, yeah. It's, it's razor thin. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, the sooner the better, so, hey. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, I mean, there's really no telling what could happen if and when My Hero Academia Season 4 pops up. It doesn't necessarily get the top slot. It could end up somewhere else. Maybe that's why Food Wars is currently at 1. Maybe they're going to move some things around, put My Hero at 1am. I don't know. It'd be fun if they keep it at 4am. That would be horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a slap in the face. Oh, man. Ooh. I don't I don't think they would do that. Yeah, probably not. Because <laughs> it would cost way too much money to pick up just to stick at 4 a.m. You would think. We'd hope. Yeah, yeah. So that's the lineup starting this upcoming Saturday. Overall, I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to One Punch Man and Demon Slayer. I kind of wish they were closer together, but I mean... The way I watch Toonami, it doesn't really matter what order things go in. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of watch it in whatever order I want. The next day experience. Yeah, and sometimes, well, pretty much every week I watch some of the shows with my friends, so we'll see if I can get him to watch Demon Slayer. He's already seen One Punch Man Season 2, because he actually kept up with the simulcast. So... He might watch the dub. He's kind of iffy on whether or not he... If he wants to suffer again. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, it's not that bad. It's just, unfortunately, nowhere near as good as season one's quality. It's it's very average. Yeah. And uh, average is unfortunate in the case of One Punch Man, but what you gonna do? It is what it is. Hopefully the story and the humor is still very much worthwhile. And I gather that it probably is. Yeah, it will be. The stuff that's covered in Season 2 is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. If a bit, like, uh, lengthy at times. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's a tad ironic that uh, Toonami Faithful over here is like, Oh, we're going to make a big deal out of a Demon Slayer in, in one thirty. <laughs> whoops (laughs) well we can all certainly still enjoy it together (laughs) it will be an experience and I will be crying every week tears of joy Ah, what did you think of that trailer I thought it was okay so like I guess my biggest problem with it is that it kind of just, like, focuses too much on footage from episode one. Which mm-hmm. makes sense, because that's pro- they probably don't have that much footage to work with for the promo anyways. Yeah. But, like, I feel it doesn't really give you a good idea of what the show really becomes. Yeah. Boy, Zach Aguilar's having a great year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think... He's going to pull off uh, Tanjiro well. And uh, Johnny Young Bosch's uh, Giyu sounds perfect. So, 
hey, the dub sounds good, and that makes me happy. That makes us all happy. Okay, so uh, we thought that that was going to be all the news that we were going to have anytime soon, and then New York Comic Con happened, and there was this Shonen Jump panel, and they teased that there would be announcements, and sure enough, one of those announcements was uh, Golden Wind. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind is coming to Toonami on October 26th, just uh, two weeks after this lineup starts. Now you might be thinking, but but nothing's ending. How does that work? Well, um, if you like Boruto, I got some bad news for you. Yeah, Boruto is taking a break after its 52nd episode, I believe. And now, Jason DeMarco has said that he believes it will come back at some point, and that they just wanted to cycle in some other shows. So, I don't know if I entirely buy that, because that's this is uncharted territory for Toonami. Usually when they get rid of a show, they'll bring it back. (sighs) One Piece. Poor One Piece. I mean, honestly, if they brought One Piece back next year, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) They're like, oh, okay, yeah. Little break. Sure. It's a bit peculiar that they're letting Boruto go, but they're keeping shipping it around. But yeah, that that really confused me. Maybe Viz needs some extra time to dub more. I don't know. That was my first guess, but I don't know. From the way DeMarco said that, I'm not sure if like it was just solely their decision or like a mutual thing between like them and the Viz. Yeah. Well, right there in the Facebook post, it says Boruto's taking a breather for a while. I mean, it's one Viz show for another. Yeah. So, hey, maybe in, like, 39 weeks when, uh, part five is over, we'll get, a uh, Boruto back? Maybe? Maybe. I mean, it could come back as early as when One Punch Man ends. Who knows? Oh, yeah, that's also a possibility. And there's plenty of other possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Black Clover's continuing into its third year. Black Clover will just never end at this point. Black Clover will never be cancelled. Black Clover can't be dismantled. I still remember when people thought that it would only last 50 episodes. Oh, how they were wrong. They were all wrong. They didn't notice those manga sale boosts. They kept just looking at those DVD sales, and I was the only one that was right. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, now's for some, hmm, not going to say the best news for JoJo fans. That's uh, pretty much an even swap there, so JoJo's moving into 2.30. Oof. Yeah, that's, uh, pretty far down. Pretty pretty far down. I mean, it's only 
two shows after Demon Slayer, which is brand spanking new too. So yeah, I mean, you just have to survive Black Clover to get there. That's not terrible, manageable. Duelist felt that maybe Demon Slayer and Black Clover were a good pairing. Maybe. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I guess I could sort of see it because they're both kind of like similar types of action series, but Black Clover has a very different tone to it, I feel. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Considerably. So, honestly, I I kind of think I'd prefer if JoJo was on at three right before Lupin. That that'd be a better pairing, in my opinion. That would be a great pairing. And Black Clover is basically Naruto, so there you go, Black Clover Naruto too. But the main reason why I think I'd prefer JoJo with three is so it could get those sweet, sweet DVR ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly seemed to have done wonders for uh, Gundam: The Origin. That showed it better at 3 a.m. than I thought it was gonna. And uh, let me take a moment to say, Gundam: The Origin has left Toonami, and we haven't really talked about it on the podcast once. So I feel bad about that, and I will try to rectify it soon. Unfortunately, it seems like nobody's been watching it. Which is a shame, because it's a good show. Like, it... It's pretty solid. Like, I don't think it kind of... It's like kind of like Unicorn, where it doesn't really work well as a TV cut, in my opinion, but the story itself is still really good. Oh, yeah. And if you like Char, there's a whole lot of Char wanking. Oh, yeah. Like, my gosh, man. That's pretty much the whole point. (laughs) There's just a little bit of Amaro stuff in there. But it's it's mostly Char. So, if that's what you want, <laughs> plenty of opportunity to see it. Okay, so, as a bit of a recap there, uh, well, actually, let's, let's talk about Golden Wind for a moment. So... This JoJo involves gangsters? Is that is that so? I haven't actually watched any of it because I figured Toonami was going to play it eventually. Yeah, so it's focused on uh, the Italian mafia, basically. And uh, the main character, Giorno Giovanna, his main goal is to basically become the leader of the Italian mafia. Um, so, like, he basically teams up with, like, a diff- like a, a bunch of different gang members, and they slowly try to rise up through the ranks while kind of having to fight all these other, uh, different gangsters. I'd say, like, structurally, it's more similar to Part 3 than Part 4. Um, it's kind of, uh, especially in the first half, it's very much kind of a, uh, standard villain of the week type thing but then in the second half it gets a lot more kind of experimental with how it uh handles its narrative and i think that part is where it gets really interesting like generally uh golden wind is kind of a 
divisive like uh, part of the series for JoJo fans. You either love it or you hate it. I'm in like that weird position where I'm more in the middle, but siding more towards the positive. It has like a lot of problems at places, in my opinion, but the good parts of it far outweigh the bad. So I'm I'm interested to see how uh, Tanami fans react to it because. I know a lot of people weren't hot on uh, Stardust Crusaders, um, so I'm not sure if the reaction is going to be more negative than that or more towards like the opinion of Part Four. Hmm. Well, that gives me a bit of pause because I'm not the biggest fan of Stardust Crusaders, <laughs> but I'll give it a chance. I will say. Uh, the basically the partner character in Golden Wind, uh, uh, Bucciarati, he is one of the best characters in JoJo. Period. I I love him so much. Um, he has like such a compelling backstory and character arc, and even when Giorno isn't super interesting at times, like he pulls his weight and makes up for it, which is always like really cool to see. Sounds good. Alright. So to recap, this upcoming Saturday, the lineup will be Dragon Ball Super reruns at 11, One Punch Man Season 2 at 11.30, Dr. Stone at midnight, Fire Force at 12.30, Food Wars at 1, Demon Slayer at 1.30, Black Clover at 2, Boruto at 2.30, Naruto Shippuden at 3, Lupin the Third at 4. 3.30 and My Hero Academia rerunning at 4. And then on October 26th, Boruto will be replaced by JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. And that is your upcoming Toonami schedule. And as we mentioned earlier, Dragon Ball Super seems to be rerunning the last four episodes and we'll see what happens after that. So... Maybe it's a little too early to be like, ah, no, Dragon Ball reruns. <laughs> Though I was there on Tuesday, I assure you, I was there. <laughs> Tanami's dying, people. Dragon Ball Super's gonna kill Tanami. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but there is an interesting development with the rest of the Saturday schedule for Adult Swim as Adult Swim has given up the 8pm hour uh, to Cartoon Network. And by the way, apparently during Cartoon Network's 8pm hour, sometimes they promote Toonami? Huh. Yeah, a little uh, Dr. Stone promo during We Bear Bears. I approve. <laughs> that is a very weird combination, but uh, hey. Yeah. Kids should watch Dr. Stone. It's educational. I mean, yeah. They, they could be watching a lot worse in terms of, like, violence. Oh, and yeah. And hey, they'll, they'll learn some science. Yeah. That's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So, what they're doing before Toonami, starting this upcoming week is they have a Bob's Burgers at 9, and then an hour of Family Guy at 9.30 and 10, 
And then at 10.30, hmm, Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal rerunning after its one-week premiere daily this current week. So if by chance you missed the premieres or you just want to tune in earlier than Toonami to check it out again, it will be on directly before Toonami. I don't think it's going to do that great there. <laughs> yeah. Especially since Dragon Ball's reruns. We'll yeah. see. I mean, like, after seeing the first episode of Primal, I'm not sure if it's the type of thing that the usual Adult Swim audience will be into even. No, it's, no. Especially since it's a fully silent show. There is no dialogue at all. Just yells and grunts. Yells and grunts. Really emotional yells and grunts. Mm-hmm. But uh, still, yells and grunts. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I checked out the first episode of that on the Adult Swim website. And it's really good. Really good stuff. I, I don't know who that audience is other than me. I am the audience. <laughs> yeah. It's totally up my... My alley. I like it a lot. Very, very good. Also, Gendy really likes his very bright red blood. He really does. Like, there was a bit of that in Samurai Jack Season 10, but oh boy. Yeah, like if you thought Samurai Jack Season 5 was uh, violent, this is on a whole new level. I just said Season 10, didn't I? Oh, that's silly of me. (laughs) It was ten episodes. The last ten episodes of Samurai Jack. Season five. Speaking of ten episodes, though, I mean, Primal's also apparently ten episodes. Which is interesting. For some reason, I thought it was only the five that are airing, like, in that, like, singular week. Oh, really? Yeah, so at the New York Comic Con panel... Gendy explained that it is five up ep- is ten episodes, but they're going to be airing those other five episodes at a later date. So I'm assuming they aren't done yet, probably. Oh, that is interesting. I had not heard that. What I did hear was that maybe it was ten, eleven minute episodes, but it's clearly not if you watch the first episode on the adult yeah. website that that's is... what i thought initially too um but apparently not it's a full hmm. 10 episodes which hey cool more primal i'm 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 down episode one was amazing i like the sound of that 10 episodes very cool very cool well hopefully it has a solid mid-season finale as it were it's a very interesting method that they're doing for premiering that show. I mean, they've done it before with things like uh, Neon Joe, Werewolf Hunter, and The Heart She Holler. But this is uh, nonetheless fairly uncharted territory for Adult Swim. And I hope it works out for them. I, <laughs> I don't think it's going to really mesh with the audience, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think very much Primal is an experiment. So it's kind of best to premiere it in like an experimental way. 
by like mm. doing it like in consecutive days. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that way, granted, there certainly could be more conversation if it was aired once a week. But with that, you also risk the possibility of people kind of losing interest. So if you give them a good shot all at once over a short period of time, maybe that'll hook them. I don't know. It will be interesting to see how it all pans out. Ooh, and it'll be interesting to see some weekday Adult Swim ratings, because we, like, never see those. Yeah. But those are premieres, so we'll see them. Oh, boy, that average has really gone down. Yeah. It's not pretty. Nope. Nope. But uh, there, there you go. Ratings don't matter. A <laughs> curiosity as they may be. They're they're not that important anymore. Yeah. Which I mean, look at how big and full Toonami is. They got so many high profile shows they gotta put some of them really stupid late. <laughs> it's kinda ridiculous. Though this honestly is a safer route than trying to start it at nine PM again. Boy, that did not work out. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a failed experiment, for sure. Yeah. I mean, bless their hearts for trying. They gave it their best shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of like it starting at 11, honestly. 9 p.m. is a little too early. Yeah, like... I usually don't have any, like, concrete plans on a Saturday night, but, like, I kind of don't feel like watching TV that early. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually working until almost 11 Pacific, so. (sighs) I'm missing out on all that good conversation (laughs) happening on the East Coast. See, there are some drawbacks to being on the West Coast, but on the other hand, I get to watch the 2.30 JoJo at 11.30. So, suck it. Always convenient. (laughs) Indeed. Well, that should about take care of our news, but you literally just got back from New York Comic Con. Yup, that was fun. And tiring, but mostly fun. That's good. You want to tease the listeners on some of the coverage you may have had? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, obviously it was at the Shonen Jump panel, because that's on brand for me. Um, so that, that was really fun, and I got to snipe that JoJo announcement for Tsunami there. So that, that was, uh really cool and uh yeah i mean the 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 thing about new york comic-con is that i was expecting it to be a lot more chaotic like i was thinking maybe anime expo levels are chaotic but it's really not that bad like it's a pretty well organized con and i think that helps a lot with it 
Like, it's very quick to get into the convention center, um, and the lines never get too long. Like, there wasn't a single time where I got, like, uh, I wasn't able to, like, get into a panel or anything. I got into every panel I wanted to get into, and as long as you lined up ahead of time, you got into the stuff you wanted to go to. So it was pretty fun. It wasn't particularly stressful. Um, I guess, like, if anything, it was just, like, live tweeting and everything at times, like, took a lot of effort. Because <laughs> so it would just be, like, me constantly taking pictures of stuff. But it was really fun, and uh, I'm glad I flew out to New York for it. Um, I'm going to have to fly out there again uh, next month for Anime NYC, which is going to be a whole nother level of uh, busyness. You're making me think that I should do New York Comic Con instead of Anime Expo. I think it'd be a lot less stressful for you, at the very least. I like the sound of less stress. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess, like, in terms of other panels I went to, like, I went to the uh, Adult Swim panels over there. Um, they had a robot chicken panel, which uh, was hosted by, like, Seth Green and the entire staff. That was really fun. They're, like, super entertaining on stage. Like, at one point, they actually acted out an orgy with the microphones. Oh, wow. And it, uh... It, it got really weird. They were doing lewd but, things to microphones? Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. They also act out like a flake, fake like blowjob, too. It, it was weird, but it, it was really funny. It's a good thing this podcast is labeled explicit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, they had the primal panel which was just fantastic. I mentioned this uh, sketch right before we were recording, but basically they show the first episode of Primal, and then Gendy Tartakovsky himself came out just alone by himself and did a whole Q&A with no moderator whatsoever. And he nailed every single question. No matter how simple or complicated it was, he just blew it out of the park he always gave this like super insightful information to his like writing and just thinking process and how he views animation overall and it it was just so cool to hear him talk like as someone who grew up with samurai jack loves symbiotic titan and i think i'm gonna fall in love with primal as well it's just it's so cool to see like an animation legend like him in person so that, that that was, like, I think the highlight of the con for me. Man, I would have loved to be there. Yeah, it, it was fun. And I guess, like, in terms of, like, other highlights, Viz just killed it all the way through that con. Um, they didn't have much in terms of anime news aside from JoJo, but on the manga side, they did some bombshells over there. Um, like, like, uh, re-releasing old classics like My Son of Koku, licensing long-time series that people have wanted, like Ping Pong and, uh, more Naoki Urasawa works. They, they're just killing it there, and, uh, I actually got to meet Ryan Brown, one of the head, like, PR guys for, uh, Shonen Jump and Viz, and he's a super nice guy, and it was just really cool talking to him. 
overall, it was just a really fun convention. I got to do just a ton of fun stuff. So I'm glad I went. Well, thanks for covering it for us. Yeah. Always happy to help. Hmm. I, uh, I guess I should mention this, uh, since we're doing a, a news segment. Uh, if you hadn't heard, the uh, Fully Cooly Progressive DVDs are out in the wild now. You can, uh, get the six episodes of Progressive on DVD. They got some featurettes on there. I'm sure that they're the ones that have already been on the Facebook. You know, the ones that have aired on Toonami. So, yeah, it's, uh, the price point of, I think, about fourteen ninety nine MSRP. It's not too bad for six episodes, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty decent for, like, a DVD. Yeah. Now, Jason has said that there will be a Blu-ray DVD combo with the two series, Progressive and Alternative. Wait, he may not have said DVD there. But there will be a combo pack with Progressive and Alternative for Blu-ray coming sometime next year. Now that's what I want. I mean, that's what most people want. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why are you even bothering with this DVD? Throw it in the trash. That's a budget release as Warner Media does. I'm sure it has the usual Warner Media seal of quality. With the same uh, DVD template that they always use. The one that they use on JoJo. They they use it on Blu-rays, too. They use it on, like, even their big DC movie releases. Which is so weird. It's It's ugly. It looks like it was in, like, Windows Movie Maker or something. Yeah, some, some DVR recording menus it's ridiculous it's terrible now as many of us do very much appreciate the music of the pillows particularly the songs used in fully Cooly, there is going to be a nifty 2x lp with flco progressive and alternative music and it is available for pre-order you want to check that out, go to Toonami's Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash Toonami. Get the link to that. You get a little preview. Definitely very good music. And if you, you want it on an LP, well, there you go. I'm sure that there's somebody out there who would love that. And for uh, other folks that just want to listen to the music, I mean, you can find it on iTunes. <laughs> they got a great Fooly Cooly album on there. I, I've listened to that a lot. Well worth the purchase. Yeah. It's nice to finally be getting these uh, Fooly Cooly stuff after a year. <laughs> oh. Better late than never. <laughs> yeah. It was just a little breathing room, I guess. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's international licensing folder all. Good old licensing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looked like uh, Progressive and Alternative did pretty well on Crunchyroll, at least initially. So, that's good. 
That is a good sign of it potentially selling well, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, and what do you know? People actually watched it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard? Nobody watched those. Everyone hated Progressive and Alternative. They're terrible. Uh, differing opinions. <laughs> but let's not get into that. <laughs> but I tell you what we will get into. Because finally, some delicious food. It's time to talk about Food Wars. Oh, but wait. Let's go ahead and get the house cleaning out of the way. You can email us at podcast at com. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Podcast. Get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. And if you like what we do and want to help us out, you can subscribe to the Toonami Faithful Pass at Patreon.com backslash Podcast to get some exclusive stuff like the Paul and Darrell show. It was a Darrell and Paul show. I don't remember. Who knows anymore? It was one of those. <laughs> I mean, Darrell's usually on top, so... That's right. That's right. But I seem to recall something about him being humble enough to let it be the other way this time. Ooh, so he's willing to play both sides now. I mean, maybe. I mean, he's a very generous lover. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah, so that's uh, all that stuff out of the way. So uh, before we move on, uh, V-Lord, tell them where they can find you. The people can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ, where I kind of just talk about whatever I'm up to, or I'm randomly screaming about manga. Um, speaking of manga, you can find my more manga-focused reviews on all-comic.com. I'm writing a lot of stuff lately, a lot of uh, review copy stuff, but a lot of it's also really good, so read it, please. Um, and you can also find my, uh, Tanami articles over on TanamiFaithful.com, and, yeah, that's kind of it. Just hit me up anywhere. I'm always happy to talk. And speaking of articles, Caboose just recently had an interview with Jason DeMarco about the, you know, behind-the-scenes side of the packaging of Tsunami and all that production, so if that's stuff that you're interested in, you can read that short interview on TsunamiFaithful.com. Alright. Let's get into some food wars. Oh, 
Welcome back to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have Darrell and Duelist. Alright, folks. You fucking miss me? Same here. No, they didn't miss you. You're not Darrell. I'm not Darrell, but they may have missed me. Mm, we can put a poll up and ask. I'm okay with it. Well, I brought these gentlemen on to discuss a show that is near and dear to all our hearts. Food Wars. Mm-hmm. So, I want to say several years ago, we were all kind of thinking, hey, Food Wars is a fun show. It's not really an action show, but maybe it could work for Toonami. And, you know, we kind of started a little bit of a movement to get people to understand why we felt that way and kind of shoved it in people's faces every now and then and some folks got annoyed but hey persistence seems to paid off <laughs> I, I I feel like I can with confidence say that if the online uh, like Twitter tsunami fans helped put any specific show on the block in particular, it was probably Food Wars. Seems At that least way. Out of outside of something they would have picked up regardless. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why Jason and Gil checked it out before then. Because they did talk about being familiar with the show during Toonami Preflight. But that it didn't have a dog. Yeah. Which was not correct. Yeah. Well, maybe that's all it took for someone to inform them that there was a dub. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, let's just look for an opening. I think they got well informed. Very. Very well informed. <laughs> very well informed. It paid off in dividends, though. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, honestly... Even though I very much wanted it to show up on Toonami, I never really thought that it would. It just seemed pretty darn unlikely for a number of factors. But here we are. I feel like Keijo still falls a little bit further into that category. Uh, yeah. But at this point, I almost feel like all bets are off. Who knows, man? It could it could definitely happen. I mean, we know they're at least aware of Keijo. If, if, uh, I mean. I, I don't think they have to edit Keijo nearly as much, if at all. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, that's, that's a whole other conversation, but I gotta say. Even though there has been some censorship, what they've actually aired is surprising. <laughs> they've they've uh, kind of let it all hang out for the most part. <laughs> Seriously, you gotta let it hang out a little bit, man. Yeah, I mean, there's some people that I say quite wrongly believe that they didn't know what they were getting into with Food Wars, but I'm pretty sure they understood what all that entailed and they felt that the qualities that they like about the show outweighed any negatives 
and yeah, it was edited accordingly, and it's fine. Yeah, I mean, you still get like a lot of it, you know. And, you know, it's basically just weaponized food porn. that's kind of like a, with a hentai aspect to it. Well, I mean, the manga artists used to do hentai, so... Exactly, which is another reason why I fucking love Food Wars. <laughs> I mean, they make that food look so sex. good. <laughs> Dude, it makes food look super sexy, man. My goddamn taste buds gets boners. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the show's not all about food. It's also got all those kinds of wonderful tropes that we love in an underdog story of someone coming into their own improving their craft and being the best that they can be but frankly it's hype as shit oh yeah I mean this, there's something about this show that just makes you feel emotions like when they're excited, you're excited. When they're sad, you're sad. It's just overpowering with its emotional impact. Like, I, I don't know a better way of putting it than uh, these emotional moments in Food Wars make me feel emotions. <laughs> it makes you feel things. I mean, think about it, though. Like, food is comforting, though. And, you know, most of us know... In the psychology world, food can be used as a um, coping mechanism because it's comforting. Though with that nasty shit that someone do when he makes like horrendous food that he makes people eat, now you can keep that shit. You can miss <laughs> me with that bullshit all day long. True. Y'all know that shit that he be doing this straight up file, and Megumi is like his fucking test subject now. Because oh. she's the most big one that will, like, she doesn't fight back like that. Stand up for yourself, Megumi. You don't have to take Soma's crap. Or his squid. That's too many. Squid and peanut butter is a fucking odd-ass combination in the first fucking place. I mean, I don't like seafood, so I don't like squid. But I don't know. It doesn't what the sound... fuck is wrong with you, dude? It doesn't sound that horrendous. I mean, I like peanut chicken. I mean, like, maybe if he did, like, a peanut sauce or something, man, and, like, deep fried it, you know. Yeah, that would have probably been, like, a better route to go with that, but, you know, it seemed like his goal is just to have nasty-ass foods to eat. Now, the honey, the honey squid is probably just slimy and sweet and... (laughs) See, I feel like I'm kind of weird, because as much as I would like to try all the probably real frickin' good food that they show, I would also try some of that allegedly nasty stuff, because, I don't know. I think you could probably find the ingredients for the peanut butter squid. (laughs) May not be the best use of money, however. (laughs) Probably not. Let it tell you like this, if y'all really want to eat some nasty shit, come down south. I'm pretty sure it's some shit that I could probably feed you that you ain't gonna like. Chitlins, hog moths, pig jowls. Um, you might actually like scrapple. I don't think over chicken. here wants to try the garbage plate. I uh, know, I'm fucking with that, dude. I don't eat mayonnaise. I mean, aside from the macaroni salad, it looks pretty good. Yeah, that's you sure that was mac- macaroni salad and not macaroni I, and cheese? I looked, 
not really <laughs> into it. It looks like it's. It's macaroni salad. salad. Oh. There was something else you could substitute, but it definitely wasn't mac and cheese. I don't remember what it was. Was it coleslaw? I hope not. <laughs> yeah, that is. That, <laughs> oh, you know, it's got, it has got mayonnaise in it. I'm not fucking. I mean, it's got mustard in meat sauce. Mustard and meat sauce. That just sounds revolting to me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was Ian Sinclair tweeting about that, right? Yeah. When I met him, he was asking about good places to get fish in Seattle, and I'm like, man, I wish I knew. <laughs> I am failing you as a Seattleite right now. <laughs> yes, you are, Stitch. Don't get the belt. Not the belt, sir. No. It puts the notion on and it does what it's told. So, before we get too deep into this conversation, here's the basic rundown of Food Wars. It's about Yukihira Soma, who's the son of a amazing chef mm-hmm. who has his own little diner, the Yukihira Diner, as a, a tribute to his wife, more or less. And at some point, he decides to go off and continue his cooking journey and he sends Soma to go learn new skills at the prestigious Tokatsuki Academy where you send all of your would-be prodigy uh, chefs to learn valuable skills and make their way into the culinary world and he shows up as the only transfer student that passes pretty much due to uh, persistence (laughs) and uh, immediately pisses off pretty much everybody there (laughs) so they're all gunning for him but he takes it in stride and you know he just wants to be a really good chef and make his way all the way to the top. He doesn't really care whatever anyone else thinks. Except he does care when you insult diner food and, you know, pretty much anything that isn't, like, upper-level culinary stuff. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder in that regard, which makes him a good everyman, because, I mean, who doesn't want to see this kid who grew up at a diner beating the tar out of these hoity-toity assholes. <laughs> well, those hoity-toity assholes, for one. <laughs> They're in a knockery for another. Oh, wait a minute. Is there a difference? Yeah. Aaron is an interesting case, but I don't want to get too, too far into that. Other than to say, in the first 12 or so episodes, it's pretty obvious that the show's trying to get those two together, even though there will obviously be some protesting on Aaron's part. And Soma's just pretty clueless. (laughs) Yeah, he was pretty aloof, man. But, you know, look at it. The man got his mind on cooking right now. That's right. See all these people like, oh, you should... You should marry that girl. It's like, they're too busy trying to not get expelled. Exactly. <laughs> They've got time for romance. 
Ain't no time for romance up in the cooking, up in the kitchen, son. Well, you know, that's another story, but I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. So Zoma lives at the dormitory with a bunch of other interesting characters. And Megumi, who's kind of like the small town, best chef in her small town, that has come to the big city to prove herself and bring some glory back to her small town. And at first, it seems like she's having a really hard time. But she's gradually coming into her own at this point. And the most recent episode uh, shows her going up against... uh, What's his name? Eh, doesn't matter. (laughs) One of the graduates from the academy who's now a really well-renowned French chef has his own restaurant. And Soma picks a fight with him because he's gonna expel Megumi for not following the recipe to the T, even though he set up this, as often is the case with this show, where the instructors kind of throw in some kind of obstacle that keeps the students from succeeding. So he's let some of the vegetables get deteriorated so her only option was to improvise and he didn't want her to improvise he wanted her to follow the recipe exactly but she she improvised and she did a really good job but he wasn't going to take that so also Soma wasn't going to take that and he challenges him but oh here's the twist Soma doesn't get to do the fight he gets to be the sous chef because he's really fighting on for megumi and the truth is megumi has to prove herself and i really like that other graduate uh doshima yeah who's kind of like hey man i see what you're doing here but if megumi can't stand on her own feet then what's the point but if you really believe that she should be here, then you should be able to accept this role as her sous chef. I'm like, man, he's getting all up in here. He's totally tearing down this hot-blooded kid. Man, like, hey, here's a dose of reality for you. Do you really believe what you're saying? And he has to get humble, humble, humble on that shit. And he needed to be. He, now, that was the time that someone needed to be humble, though. Absolutely. I know there's been plenty of times in the show where he does. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, he means well, but you know, you gotta remember, bro, people need to stand on their own two feet, too. That's mm-hmm. the reason why the jump master kicks out paratroopers um, when they're getting ready to jump. You get those wings, baby. You get frozen, I'm gonna kick your ass out that damn plane. Yes. And of Thank course, th- this show is a bit of a harem, so you've got Megumi, you've got Nakari, and we've got some people's absolute favorites. Meat Meat. Yes, bruh. Bruh, they call it the Meat Master, man. Some folks like dark meat. Of course, dude. I mean, dude, she's tough as hell, though, man. I give her props on that, man. That's the reason why I like her so much. As is common with these shonen series, the enemy becomes the friend. 
But you say she's just a friend. <laughs> I mean, she wants she wants to get in them pants. Yeah, she do, man. Real bad. Real bad. I mean, like, dude, you could just tell this all over her face. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, Soma got that drip. And Soma <laughs> just totally shuts her down. It's like, all right, you got to join this club because you lost. He's like, well, at least Soma will be there. Oh, no, Soma's not in the club. What? <laughs> Savage. Oh, way to toy with the girl's heart, man. That he did. But they have some fun side adventures at points in the show, and I'm sure people look forward to those. A little something having to do with some fried chicken. Fried chicken. Fried chicken is good. Fried chicken. It's fucking delicious. That's right. That's right. Being a deep down south southern boy, there is nothing I know better than what good fried chicken is. And there's some absolutely amazing concoctions on this show that like I can't even fathom how you make it though they go into great detail to explain how everything works and they have like uh, the manga the author does get input from someone consulting him on the culinary aspects of the show or the manga rather <clears throat> and it it translates quite well to anime form. It really does. Well, at least for now. <laughs> There's arguments against how the pacing gets later on, but for now, we'll talk it's, it's, here it's, now. it's definitely a good adaptation at this point. But it is fucking awesome, though, man. I mean, seriously. You know, a few things I kind of, you know, I was like, man, man, you know, they're doing the camp and everything. Well, some of those voices, man, like, wow. He wasn't expecting. <laughs> Dojima shows up in the bath with Soma. Yo. And <laughs> Dojima's fucking ripped, though, man. Oh, yeah, man. He's like, like the coolest guy. Yo, man. <laughs> You can make somebody back down, man, and accept the goddamn the food war, man, the shokogeki. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just shut your ass down like that. And so there's some really great characters that haven't even shown up yet. No, not yet. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, like going further on into the series, it does get more interesting, though, man. Especially with the damn... Well, it is the director, but we're not going to talk about the god, um, the god's stomach, whatever the hell they call him. <laughs> Dude, it's ripped too, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's just to steal your grandma for real. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's no say he can steal my goddamn girl. <laughs> yeah, the director of the Academy certainly is quite the character. <laughs> All right. It does look sexy in a fun doshi, though. <laughs> and remember, the food's not really good unless your clothes fly off. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> there was an interesting thing that happened when he ate Megumi's food, but we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> oh, that's right. Doesn't <laughs> he just lose his undergarments? Yeah, he lost his fun doji, man. <laughs> I was like, well damn man, really? When you lose your draws like that, man, that's some good cooking. No mm. lie. <laughs> they say the way to a man's heart. <laughs> no, nah, like seriously, it's the fucking truth. Like the way to a man's heart down here, it was through his stomach. Because if your ass can't cook, you can get bounced. Seriously, but I can cook for myself, so. I'm not impressed with um goddamn pop tarts and spaghettios. <laughs> that sounds bachelor food. <laughs> you might as well just get a fucking bag of bachelor chow and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've actually I've seen uh people commenting about how they've tried new things with their cooking after watching this show. I was doing that during the Food Network days, but, you know, this right here just made me want to try some new things that I hadn't seen before. Like making karagi. The Japanese way. <laughs> yeah. Now, can you imagine a show like Food Wars airing on the Food Network in America? No, that, that would be the shit. That would have been amazing. But you know what? We live in a reality where it's actually on Toonami, and that's pretty fantastic. (laughs) I mean, I like a lot of these new shows, but I was like, Food Wars is my favorite thing on Toonami right now. (laughs) Dr. Stone's getting there. Not that I don't like Genlock. I like Genlock a lot. Dude, we got a Mick back. Yeah, boy. I mean, you know, it wasn't the traditional Gundam Mick, what we see with, um, you know, Gundam Origins, but God damn, I love Jim Lock, man. The personalities, man, I love it. I really do. Duelist also likes Jim Lock. You want to talk about Jim Lock, Duelist? Uh, <clears throat> holding for love. <laughs> that actually worked. <laughs> I'm just easily susceptible. That might be one of my favorite lines. <laughs> also, I mean, if we if if we did want to touch on this for a second, I expected nothing from that show and loved the shit out of it. Same. Love might be a strong word, but I did like it a lot. Yeah, you can leave. <laughs> I think you should leave. Now on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> but I do like... I do like the show. I, the first couple of episodes, I was like, mm, this is alright, but it really ramps up. And it explores some very interesting concepts. Yes, it does. You know, I'm fucking happy about it. Yeah, I think it's great that Tsunami played that. And it is unfortunate that they're 
may never be a second season. I mean, supposedly, uh, yeah. they're going to do it when they're ready to do it. I just hope it doesn't go the way of Canterbury dies. Mm. You know, Canterbury was the shit. Mm. Well, everybody wasn't about it, but hell, I wouldn't mind seeing Canterbury on Goddamn Tsunami. I would say, even though a whole lot of them are still kind of cut from the same cloth, there's a good variety of kinds of shows on Toonami right now. Well, the thing is, no, I like the fact that Food Wars is on there, and it's not an action show, man, but the thing is, it's so ramped up and, you know, with the concepts and, like, how it's going as far as the story, it, it does have a lot of action in it, man, and it, it, is, it can be comical at times. I mean, it makes you laugh. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, that's something that I actually kind of miss from having on Toonami because, you know, like in the early days, man, you did have stuff like Bubble Bow, which I fucking hate, but still, it was it was comedic. <laughs> and, you know, One Piece had its funny moments. You know, it deserved better, but... Mm-hmm. As y'all say, One Piece sells on. I just can't get with goofy-ass pirates, but I still supported it. You know, I'm a samurai ninja type person. Never been into fucking pirates at all. Right, right. You know, me and the sea don't necessarily get along all the time. I'm a ground pounder. Well, uh, any other thoughts, gentlemen? No, sir. Let's move on to the next subject. Yeah. Thanks for joining me for this uh, segment. Uh, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. Oh, uh, you know, y'all can always find me at Ukami underscore Samurai 7 at Twitter.com. And, damn, that's pretty much where, that's all the place that you can find me these days because, um, you know, not y'all can get on my Facebook. I don't use my email too much. And Instagram, I only do that for my uh, fraternity stuff. So it's not even really my case. I'm just the social media chair for that. Alright. And Duelist. Well, I'm on Twitter. I'm mostly on Twitter. It's uh, at Heart of Sword 75. I got links to my YouTube and my Ask FM, which only seems to get spam these days. Yeah, if you want to hit me up there, that's pretty much the best starting point. <laughs> Working on some videos. Slow process lately, but. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. You can find our uh, other usual co host, Mr. Paul Pascrillo, at Paul Pascrillo on Twitter. And you can follow at Toonami News for news and other stuff. Oh, uh, Sketch, do you mind if I plug my, uh... No, you can't plug anything. Yeah, fine, whatever. Uh, if you'd like to hear me on a semi-bi-weekly podcast talking about the latest in anime news, uh, you can find links to podcast ONA over at, uh, Surreal Resolutions Twitter. 
which I believe is, uh, yeah, at Surreal, S-U-R-R-E-A-L, Rezo, R-E-S-O. We'd love to get you as a listener. And if I do say so myself, uh, simply being associated with that podcast tends to inform me of a lot of stuff that I would not have known about otherwise. So worth a listen if that's your thing yeah. uh, I guess with that we're punching out Doses! Uh, feels good to hear that <laughs>